This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks. Lock it on to the best station on the net. Around the planet on the World Wide Web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere. In the mix. You are listening to the award-winning radio show from SDC Radio Works. This is Smith Bits Talk Radio Magazine. With your host, Kenneth Howard Smith. Thanks for listening. This is In The News. From SDC News One with news from around the world from SDC Radio Works. Thanks for listening. Oh, this is your host, Kenny Smith, and I've got the film reel running. Of course, it glows right into classical music. Oh, I got four stories for us today before we get out of here. Uh, this one is from uh, CBS News. Of course, I hate these stories. God, I've reported on so many of these stories over my lifetime I hate these stories but we got another young dead black woman who is an EMT in Kentucky they broke in her home on a faulty arrest warrant and shot her dead 20 times and they go oh we busted in the wrong house oh you know And these are white officers again assassinating black women. And we do nothing. You know, so Kentucky, they're trying to be real cool. Like, oh, it's cool to kill somebody. Ain't nothing going to happen. So if I shoot you, then it's okay. It's like, oh, well, you know, rest in peace. Well, you know, we got punk-ass Kentucky cops. You know, bastards. You know, the young man that tried to protect his house, you know, they put him in jail for attempted murder on an officer. I'm sorry. If I was still practicing law, I'd take that guy's case. Man, I'd take his case in a heartbeat because that's a, that's a win-win. I'm going to win and the officer still gets hurt. What makes me upset is that the bastard should have been shot dead. You know, these botch, you know, what a name. A botched break-in. A botched search warrant gone wrong. There's no such thing as a botched search warrant gone wrong. These are assassination attempts. And these are totally permitted by the police department. This is called assassinations. Okay, call it any name you want to give it. Say anything you think you want to call it. But it's not true. Brianna Taylor, beautiful, gorgeous woman, killed in her bed by the police. You know, like I said, you know, it's isn't it amazing how up in Michigan that the state police stood on the doorsteps and the people and the militia who was armed to the gills taunting them, just calling them just dirt crap spitting on them and of course the militia they got ak-47s and ar-15s and every other gun in the planet and they're loaded to the teeth 
you know, do they do anything? Oh no, they're coward punks. You know, they when they really when they really get together and they gotta really stand up against somebody with some firepower, we find our police are really sick. You know, they're really punks, okay? You know, they cow down. But oh yeah, they're real tough when it comes to people carrying signs. They're really tough on people who are marching and talking about our lives matter. You know, these are the same idiots, you know, with guns. And we, this is not going to go away. You know, this is not going to go away. So anyway, I'm going to quit being crazy about this. Like I said, I get sick and tired of reporting on stories where white policemen break into black women's house and kill them. Okay? And on false information. You know, it's always a problem. You know, it's always a problem with these bastards. You know, I hate them. I hate them. And God knows I shouldn't say that. But I hate those people, you know, and they're going to get paid, you know, every time they kill a black person, you know, on their GoFundMe page, they get a million dollars for killing every black person. You know that, right? If you don't know that, you better get into it and check it out. Every time a, a white police officer kills a black person, they get a million dollars. Dollars. Did that sink in? I hope it did. Because, I mean, this is really getting to the point where it's, re- it's not ridiculous. You can't go jogging in your neighborhood and white people jumping out of trucks and shooting at you. You can't drive black and get gunned down in your own car. You can't sleep in your own bed in your home with stupid ass cops breaking in and killing you. And we're supposed to take this crap. Black America, get your act together. Remember now, guns control didn't come in until the Black Panthers started marching with a militia when black men start carrying guns in America and calling themselves a militia oh Congress just got upset oh they gotta pass laws laws are all about black people and white people and I'm talking about white women and people of color laws are made for them There are no laws for white men. You know? And it's really getting tiring. It really is. You know, class of privilege. Two different laws in our country. You know, no justice. Just us against them. And these guys float around from city to city, county to county, town to town, state to state. They do crap in other police 
departments and then they run around and go to other countries other parts of the country and they do the same thing nobody checks their records nobody really cares they just want firepower we've got people who are non-sensitive not insensitive non-sensitive you know I shoot you oh well you know I just hit the replay button or reset. People's lives don't reset after a bullet. So anyway, I'm going to kind of like just cool my jets right quick. Like I said, Miss Brianna Taylor. You got cheated. And these people are not going to pay. They're going to live a great life. And they're going to get up every morning and watch the sun come up. And life is going to be really good for them. You know, because they just killed another black person. And boy, I know they feel happy about it. I know they're happy. Of course they are. That's why they keep doing it. But the tables are going to turn. When black people start getting guns. Real guns. And really start having a revolution. When shit really gonna get turned upside down. Yeah, the revolution is here. It's just stocking up. It's getting really hot and hotter. Mr. Trump has made it his case, you know, to incite nastiness, you know. And I don't know when this nightmare is gonna be over. But it's just getting worse and worse. We're not getting any better with this. I don't know really what we need to do. I mean, I'd be on this microphone. I'm screaming. I've got articles of all kinds of things. We never hear about it because some of my stories get buried. You know, because I'm a researcher. So what I do is I research and a lot of my stories are on a lot of the networks. And a lot of them are not. So anyway, I'm going to get on to the news and we're going to do three parts of the news. We're going to go to Kentucky first. And then I'll have a little thing to say about this. This is NBC News. Okay, I mean, CBS News. I'm sorry. We do have other things to NBC News. And from Royers too. Alright, so let's get to Kentucky, my people. killed 26-year-old Brianna Taylor in her apartment during what her family calls a botched drug raid. Errol Barnett is following this story. There's been a lot of conversation going back and forth about, you know, how do we get the truth out on this? The Louisville police chief says the department will soon wrap up its investigation into the death of Brianna Taylor and pass it to Commonwealth and federal officials. Both offices will have an opportunity to review the investigation. Uh, and, and, and make any decisions they want to make from there. The 26-year-old was shot and killed March 13th when Louisville police raided her home. The search warrant states that authorities thought this man, Jamarcus Glover, was using Taylor's apartment for his mailing address and to stash drugs and money. Officers later discovered that Glover had been arrested shortly before the raid. Ben Crump represents Taylor's family. This 
was a completely unnecessary and justifiable killing of an innocent woman. Uh, these police officers botched the execution of a search warrant. Attorneys say nothing illegal was found in Taylor's home. They say when they busted through the door, Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, started shooting and injured an officer. His family says Walker was just protecting their home. He's been licensed for a few years. He intended to protect his home from what um, he thought was a break-in. Walker is now out of jail, but charged with attempted murder of a police officer. Best case scenario for me is um, for a thorough investigation to, to be done where these charges are dropped. The mayor says this investigation has to help rebuild the public's trust. As we go through issue after issue, uh, where we see communities of color uh, involved in incidences like this, uh, as a country, we need to do much better. That includes my city as well. Now, we should note that there is a Kenneth Walker named in the search warrant, but the link between him and, um, or I should say there's an Adrian Walker named in the search warrant, but the relationship between him and Kenneth Walker, if any, just isn't known right now. And we should also make it clear that there is no publicly available link uh, between Jamarcus Glover and Breonna Taylor. Uh, Jamarcus is the man police believe was stashing drugs in the apartment. So there are many more questions to be answered in this case. Anthony? Sure are, Errol. Thank you very much. Well, there you have that from Kentucky, right? I mean, what can I tell you? What can I say? You know, it's like this stuff just don't go away at all. You know, and it's so sickening. Like I said, I, I can't, can't talk about this stuff anymore. I mean, it just really aggravates me. And I tell them, I, you know, I tried, I want to be civil. I try to be, I want to be. But I can't stand this. You know. And I mean my family's in, in police. But God. These people who keep killing our people. Man I hate them. They're racist punk dogs. That's all they are. And I'm saying people. There is a revolution. And damn it. You better have a gun. You better have a bunch of ammunition. Because these racist police officers. Are the enemy. And they need to die. Okay. They're racist dogs. You know. They need to die. Badge or no badge. They don't give us a break. People of color. Women. They don't give us a break. White privilege is what we got here. Like I said. They can kill a black person. And these bastards will get a million Dollars on these GoFundMe pages. You cop kills a black person, he get a million dollars. Okay, and I'll keep reiterating that. You better get your stuff together because these guys are absolutely crazy. All right. So anyway, we're gonna continue on with news one. All right, in the news, and this is what's next. Without better planning, 2020 could be the darkest winter in modern history. Those foreboding words echoed through a House chamber Thursday 
as leading health expert and whistleblower Dr. Rick Bright described what he saw as a critical lack of preparedness by the Trump administration to combat the coronavirus outbreak early on. I believe by not telling America the truth or being fully transparent, regardless of where the information was coming from, um, people were not as prepared as they could have been and should have been. Bright was recently removed from his post as head of a government agency tasked with developing drugs to fight the virus. He filed a formal whistleblower complaint last week claiming that his early warnings about the virus fell on deaf ears and eventually led to his ouster. On Thursday, Bright testified that he told officials at the Department of Health and Human Services to ramp up on supplies like N95 masks, recalling an email he said he'd, quote, never forget from the head of a mask supply company. And he said, we're in deep shit. The world is. And we need to act. And I pushed that forward to the highest levels I could in HHS and got no response. Bright, who made sure to sanitize his space prior to the proceedings, also said his suggestion to increase the supply of antiviral medication remdesivir helped get him pushed out because the administration was more focused on promoting the unproven drug chloroquine. There was no action taken on the urgency to uh, come up with a plan for acquisition of limited doses of remdesivir. And instead of acting on your recommendations was the response of uh, others to try and cut you out of key meetings, marginalize your participation? I was told that my urgings, urgings uh, were causing a commotion and I was removed from those meetings. He also said he feared similar supply constraints will apply to vaccines in development. Should I be concerned based on your experience? Absolutely, sir. There's no one company that can produce enough for our country or for the world. It's going to be limited supplies. We need to have a strategy and plan in place now to make sure that we can not only fill that vaccine, make it, distribute it, but administer it in a fair and equitable plan. President Trump has dismissed Bright as a disgruntled employee. During his testimony, Trump appeared on the White House lawn alongside HHS Secretary Alex Azar, who decried Bright's claims saying the administration focused on ramping up supplies and medications early on. So this is like somebody who was in a choir and is now trying to say he was a soloist back then. His allegations do not hold water. They do not hold water. But Bright, who has been reassigned to another government job, remained emphatic about the need for a coordinated federal response, something he said is still not in place. This is a devastating pandemic, and not just for health, but also society. And if we do not take seriously the call for action, then this virus will overcome us in significant ways. I'm not going nowhere just yet. I just want to have a moment of silence. A moment of silence for... An official. This guy helped design medicines that killed off the H1N1 virus, or should they control it? This guy has created a lot of medicines for the world, and we demigrate this gentleman, this doctor. You know, we downplay him like he's just 
crash under your feet. You know what I'm saying? Crash under your feet. Same attitude. You know, kill them dead, let them die. Who cares? As long as it's not mine, it's cool. Okay. So we find that the administration just continues on with the same old thing. You know, the president who sits up there and just likes to kick dirt in people's face. It reminds me of the bully on the beach. Remember that, that commercial from a thousand years ago? I don't know if that was Atlas or whatever it was. The skinny kid getting kicked in, you know, getting sand kicked in his face by the hardcore bully. Oh, what a trip. What a trip. Anyway, we're going to continue on with the news. And like I said, this is in the news. <laughs> Not happy, but we'll get with it. Here we go. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration voiced caution over a widely used coronavirus test on Thursday, saying it may be unreliable. The Abbott Laboratories test is called ID Now, and it was approved by the FDA in late March. It delivers results within minutes and is used at the White House. But the FDA said in a statement that while the test can still be used on patients, it could potentially produce inaccurate results. The U.S. regulator added that it was still reviewing data on the test and working with Abbott to find other ways to study it. Abbott has distributed nearly 2 million IDNOW tests. And on Wednesday, a separate, non-peer-reviewed study by New York University researchers said the IDNOW tests could be missing a third to nearly half of all positive cases. And a study conducted by the Cleveland Clinic in April showed that while the test detected the virus in around 85 percent of cases, that was still lower than some other coronavirus tests. In its statement, the FDA said that while these studies did offer, quote, important information, it should be noted these studies have limitations, including small sample size, potential design biases, or tests that may not have been executed according to the manufacturer's instructions for use. Abbott has also criticized the studies, saying in a statement on Thursday that the number of patients tested in the NYU study was small and that the Cleveland study performed the test incorrectly. Abbott also pointed to other studies showing a much higher accuracy rate for the IDNOW tests. One study done by a testing clinic in Detroit said the test was accurate 98% of the time. Well, we're talking about Abbott, Abbott Laboratories, you know. No, we will not have enough drugs to cover everybody. This is just as bad as that movie, I think, with uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, with the city in the sky, and, you know, and everybody had to have other things. But anyway, it works out okay. It works wonderful. So, there we have it. Abbott Laboratories. Uh, they're probably one of the leaders around the world. Like I said, the Wahlberg, the Wall, Mark Wahlberg movie had issues with that, right? A limited amounts of drugs. Uh, Justin Timberlake did a movie, something like that, about barring time. Only certain they buy time from people. 
And of course, the older you were, your time was not much, but younger, they wanted the time. That was a stupid movie too, but correlation-wise, <laughs> the darn thing actually works. Well, anyway, we're going to continue on with Royers now and comment on what's in the news, right? That's what I'm going to say right now. This is in the news. From SDC News 1 with news from around the world from SDC Radio Works. Thanks for listening. Oh, thanks for listening. Scuffles broke out at an anti-lockdown protest outside the Michigan State Capitol on Thursday that involved a man with a barbie on a noose, and local media reported a garbage can with an axe inside, but police quickly broke it up. The protesters outside Michigan State Capitol in Lansing on Thursday, some bearing firearms including long guns, were denouncing Governor Gretchen Whitmer's recent extension to a stay-at-home order until at least May 28th. It's the third but smallest such protest since public businesses were forced to close in March at the recommendation of health experts to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Many of the protesters focused their anger squarely on the governor. She's the worst governor this state has ever had, and we need to get rid of her. If she wants it to go on forever, it's a way of shutting down the economy, it's a way of hurting Trump. Debate over how and when to ease restrictions on commerce and social life have grown increasingly politicized, with President Trump and his supporters agitating to loosen social distancing measures more swiftly than medical experts deem prudent. But Democratic governors of states hardest hit by the outbreak have taken a cautious stance. Michigan's Thursday protest was similar to one on April 30th when armed militia members and hundreds more entered the legislative building calling for a reopening of the economy in images that went viral. But the Capitol building was closed Thursday because the legislature had been adjourned and there was a large police presence. Michigan has the fourth highest death toll from COVID-19 in the United States as of Thursday, at nearly 5,000 dead among its 48,000-plus confirmed cases. Okay, we're letting that soak in for a hot second, right? Moments of silence. Of course, we need the silence. I'm not going to blow your ears up we really need the silence i mean what's that old taylor swift song where it calmed everybody calm down yeah fortunately we're not really calming down at all it's coming to be a problem we are problems ourselves and i don't know why we are problems ourselves we shouldn't be but we are okay so Michigan, come on. I mean, come on. But I'm not going to fight nobody about it. I can't. I should say I'm too tired. But, no, I'm not too tired. I'm disgusted. As any American citizen should be. You know, we are really on the brink of having a real total collapse. You know, years ago they talked about an American revolution. 
and I kept telling everybody, well, the Revolutionary War started in 1861. Actually, it started in 1808. It just took them a long time to get enough nerve to finally say, oh, well, enough's enough. We're going to not do this no more. Okay? But yeah, it happens. Yeah, it really happens. But, as it stands right now, the War of 1861 with a dash at the end and it's still a question mark. The Revolution War never ended. It physically ended with soldiers getting killed. But civilians, the death toll is still mounting. Still mounting. The Civil War is still going on. It just took a lull, you know, just like in the eye of the storm and everything is cool and calm, but the madness is all around you. You're not going to get past that. You know, and it's part of bastardization, I'd like to call it. But man, I tell you, somewhere in 1861 and somewhere after the dash with the question mark, Maybe we will put an end to this, huh? So the Civil War will read like this. The United States of America's Civil War started in 1861 and ended in 2021. Wouldn't that be exciting? Wouldn't it? Well, anyway, like I said, I lived in the South. They still fight the war. They're still fighting the war. People in Kentucky still fighting a war. And black people, people of color, is their target. Period. And it shows. Don't tell me that it's not. Like that movie in Outlaw, Josie Wills. What did that captain say? He said, that one captain told the other captain. The southern captain told the northern captain. He said, don't piss down my back. And tell me it's raining. And that's what I say to all of our politicians. Don't piss down the American public's back and tell them it's raining. We can smell the urine. Okay? We can smell it. And it runs down our backs. Alright? We're not going to get no help from nobody. Not as long as this guy's in the office. Who's constantly giving us grief. You know, this guy is absolutely over the top. Well, anyway, let's go to our next story. Alright. And I think this is out of Brazil, I believe. Let me check. It might be Venezuela. Let me check. Let's see what's going on. Bars in Wisconsin were packed on Wednesday night. Video from this bar in West Dallas, a Milwaukee suburb, showed patrons huddled together and not wearing masks. Just hours after Wisconsin's Supreme Court knocked down the state's stay-at-home order. We really miss our customers. A lot of them are like family to us. And it's good to see a lot of familiar faces. It's been a long time. Hayden Kruger was one of dozens at Buzzard's Nest enjoying a night out. 
after isolating. It's been kind of boring sitting in my house. Uh, I love my fiance, but there's only so much we can handle of each other without having interaction from other people. Bars began opening up after the Wisconsin Supreme Court on Wednesday sided with Republican lawmakers who had argued the state's top public health official exceeded her authority when she extended Wisconsin's stay-at-home order through May 26th. The court, which is dominated by Republican-nominated judges, said that while Wisconsin's Democratic governor, Tony Evers, possesses emergency powers, the stay-at-home order was effectively imposed by Health Secretary Andrea Palm, whose discretion as a political appointee is more limited. Republicans in Wisconsin and across the U.S. have rallied and demonstrated against efforts to close businesses to protect public health. The state's Republican-controlled legislature filed its lawsuit on April 21st, arguing the stay-at-home order would cost residents their jobs. The Wisconsin ruling marks the first time a statewide order of its kind has been struck down by a court. Our country's got to get back. In a decision applauded by U.S. President Donald Trump, who on Thursday tweeted, quote, its Democrat governor was forced by the courts to let the state open. The people want to get on with their lives. The place is bustling. I just want to have that moment right quick. <laughs> I know I do a lot of moments like this, silent moments. It's just because I want us to reflect a little bit. So now you're going back to the bars. Now what I, in the video that was shown, which you won't be able to see unless you go online to it, it shows the police officer, oh look, one or two had on gloves and masks. Everybody else was just wide open. You know, and they're going to go back to their bar. It's all about the economy. Ain't got nothing to do with being healthy. I mean, don't you want to breathe? Don't you want to live to spend the money? Don't you want to live to go to these exotic places? These beautiful towns to see the sunset and the sunrise and the ocean and the beaches and the deserts and the forests and the trees. Does it really matter to you or you just figure, what the heck, I'm through. I'm just going to throw in the towel, right? <sighs> it's a hard way to live, people. It's a hard way to live. So anyway, I think, so let's see what we got. I keep getting our stories because they keep bouncing back and forth, so. Let's see what the, I think this next story is, is down in South America. Let's see what we got. Hold on. Republican Senator Richard Burr will temporarily step down from his role as the chairman of the powerful Senate Intelligence Committee amid an FBI probe into possible insider trading. The announcement comes a day after the Los Angeles Times reported that FBI agents served a warrant for Burr's cell phone. The paper cited an unnamed government official who stated Burr is under investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice as part of a probe into stock transactions made ahead of a sharp sell-off triggered by fears over the coronavirus in March. 
A spokesperson for Byrd declined to comment to the Times. The Justice Department declined to comment on the report. CBS News reported Burr and his wife sold between $600,000 and $1.7 million in stocks from late January through mid-February. They sold shares in companies that own hotels, a sector hammered by the outbreak. Before he sold the stocks, Burr and other senators had received periodic briefings from U.S. health officials about the coronavirus. The timing of the sales raised questions about whether Burr knew more about the potential risks of the crisis than he told the public. In early February, Burr co-authored an opinion piece meant to reassure Americans the nation was prepared to confront the virus. A week later, public disclosures show he sold more stock in a single day than he had in 14 months. And two weeks after that, audio obtained by National Public Radio captured Burr sharing dire warnings about the coronavirus at an invitation-only event. Burr has denied any wrongdoing and said he relied solely on news reports to guide decisions on stock sales. In a statement on Thursday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said Burr had informed him of his decision to step down as head of the Intel Committee, effective at the end of the week, for the duration of the investigation. The needy in Venezuela now facing starvation under lockdown, are turning to one of the only forms of protein they can afford, cow blood. They're lining up at slaughterhouses to pick up their free ration, with two pounds of steak costing a staggering two times the monthly minimum wage. While cow's blood is a traditional ingredient for pichon soup in the Venezuelan Andes, more people are seeking it out amid the pandemic, cooking it into stews and eating it along with rice. The dire situation is giving Caracas mother Desiree Marquez a great deal of anxiety. You're making breakfast and you think, what am I going to give them for lunch? You're making lunch and thinking about dinner. My God, what am I going to do for my kids later? I go to bed thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow. It's anguish. You don't sleep. Though reported numbers of deaths and cases from the virus appear modest, with 440 cases and 10 deaths that critics say is inaccurate, Venezuelans are suffering from the shutdown and delays in the food distribution program that for years has been the most important food source for many. Critics call the food distribution program a social control mechanism that allows the government to limit dissidents and protest. The consumption of blood for protein is a striking symbol of hunger, as Venezuela's economy, now suffering six years of extreme hyperinflation, is further strained under lockdown. And with the virus and economic worries showing no near sign of abating, moms like Marquez continue to worry what they'll feed their kids next. Nobler is the app-powered car insurance with personalized monthly rates. Song and dance is how Chief Messias Kokoma wished to be sent off. And at his funeral in Brazil's Parque da Tribos, or Tribes Park, on Thursday, members of the indigenous Kokoma tribe gathered to do just that. Wearing masks that read Indigenous Lives Matter, people like Nurse Vanderlacia Ortega dos Santos paid their respects to a man who fought endlessly to protect the lives of indigenous tribes of the Amazon, only to lose his own to the novel coronavirus. His simple wooden coffin, placed in the unfinished school he fought hard to have built, but never got to see inaugurated. 
It is thanks to the fight of Chief Messias that we have our sacred place within the city of Manaus. It is the tribe's park and it is representative of the struggle and the bravery that he had to face down the great lines of society. We are always fighting against the state because of this marginalization of indigenous citizens. Many members of the Kokoma tribe, including the late chief himself 22 years ago, traveled down to the Manaus region in search of a better life. Chief Messias helped create Tribes Park here, a ramshackle settlement where 3,000 people from over 30 different Amazon tribes now reside. But for the most part, they have continued living in poverty on the city's outskirts. With little access to public health care, Nurse Dos Santos is one of the only frontline volunteers caring for her tribal community during the pandemic. She was also the one who took the late chief to the hospital. Here in the tribes park, we still have this dream of quality education and health because we have not yet been provided with assistance during the pandemic. The chief's death is also representative of what's lacking, a lack of health, what's missing for the indigenous who live in the city. Brazil's some 850,000 indigenous people now find themselves particularly at risk. The country has over 200,000 coronavirus cases and counting, overwhelming hospitals and resulting in around 14,000 deaths, many being buried without being granted a proper send-off, and even coffins in vertical cemeteries being stacked on top of one another like bricks in a wall. You are listening to the award-winning radio show from SDC Radio Works. This is Smith Bits Talk Radio Magazine. With your host, Kenneth Howard Smith. Thanks for listening. This is In The News. From SDC News One, with news from around the world from SDC Radio Works. Thanks for listening. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh... We're going to call it a day. Uh, like I said, I'm famished. <laughs> Isn't that a word? I'm starving for good news. Yeah, I'm famished. Like each and every last one of us. We want good news sometime. I was telling somebody not too long ago, I said, you know, we the good usually takes care of itself. It's the bad stuff that kind of trips us up, you know? And yin and yang, good things, bad things. The good and the bad. We know the good take care of itself, but we have to take care of the bad. The fight is about the bad. All right? It's about the bad. About us at least getting it down to where we can work with it. Not tolerate it, but work with it. Okay? So, you know, you hear me go crazy on this show most of the time, you know, because I can and I do. And nobody listens to me, <laughs> except my family and a few friends like you. But other than that, it's just, hey, it's in the news. That's all I can tell you. So anyway, like I said, I've. Try to get a lot of stories out there because being a researcher, one has an opportunity to get these beautiful stories of people doing the right thing. These stories of humanity really helping each other. All right. And then on the other hand, 
the yin and the yang. We get the bad stories. I mean, we're just as good as we are bad. You know, you know, I rant and rail about the police shooting people. Unarmed black women, which is sends me over the cliff. And nobody does nothing about this. But anyway. This is Kenneth Howard Smith. And it's been in the news. And if it is, we're talking about it. Really haven't got no new music to add to our format these days. I mean, like I said, with the new format that we have now, we're kind of just going to be all talk. <laughs> yeah, all talk. Anyway, my good people, thank you for hanging out with me and listening to me. All right. And if it's current events, and if it's crazy, it's in the news, right? This is in the news from SDC News One with news from around the world from SDC Radio Works. Thanks for listening. This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks. Lock it on to the best station on the net, around the planet on the World Wide Web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere in the mix.